Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. So good. You know, I'm just, I'm excited for today. Just, uh, just feel God has something special set aside for you this morning. And uh, as I was preparing for today and just asking the Holy Spirit, what is it that you would like me to share on today? And uh, something that he just quickened to my heart was that he said, you know, there's, there's been numbers of people who it's been a long time since you have had a impacting encounter with God. And when I say that, I mean that the type of encounter that when you're in that moment and you just never, you're not the same after it. You have an encounter with God that leaves a mark on your life, that changes your perspective, that gives you a revelation and an understanding about God that you didn't have before and about yourself and what He has for you, where it just, it does something to your life where you just can't go back to how things were before. And I felt God say, if you desire that, if you're like, yeah, I wanna have an encounter with God like that, maybe you never have, maybe you have in the past, but you realise, you know, I need a fresh encounter. Well, God said today, all you need to do is go after it. Just go after it. Don't, don't wait for it, but do what you can to position yourself to encounter the power of God in your life. When I was 26 years old, um, me and my wife, had, Oster, we just got married and uh, we just come home from our honeymoon and uh, that next weekend we were going to go to a young adult camp, uh, part of our church here and a young adult department and, um, and we were sitting down at the dining table at our little rental at the time and we were just talking about this and we were talking and discussing about what we wanted to see happen at camp. What could God do in our lives? And so as a result of that conversation, we decided, well, you know, let's write a few things down. Let's write down what we wanna see God do in our lives or what we're believing for. And we'll pray over it in the next couple of days and then we'll go to camp and uh, see what happens. At the time, I was uh, in the Air Force. I was been in there about four years now as an avionics technician. And so I still had two years left of my initial contract. And, um, you know, I could have stayed in that job for, for my whole career. It was a great job, it was a great career, enjoyed the guys that I worked with and what we did, but there was something in me at that time that I just felt that I wasn't going to be doing that forever. And I actually felt this drawing towards ministry, what I'm doing now. I was serving in the church, you know, I was in a sort of a leadership role, volunteer leadership role, but I just kept feeling this drawing to be in ministry. But at the time, I hadn't really told anybody I think Oster may have known and that was probably about it because for a couple of reasons. First of all, because I was afraid what people would think if I told them that. I was afraid that people would look at me and say, well, you know, you know maybe some people would be encouraging. Some people would go, well, I'm, you know, I don't really know if that's for you. And that was quite vulnerable for me to share that. And so I, I just kept it to myself. And the other reason was, is because I didn't want to try to open a door that God wasn't opening. I didn't wanna step into something that I wasn't qualified for or that God didn't have, me, have for me because the thing was, I had this feeling inside. I had this drawing towards it, but I, at that time, I didn't know. I was like, God, is that just me making that up or is that coming from you? 
You ever had that experience where you feel an impression to do something, start something, you know, say something, but you're like, you're wrestling in your mind. Like, is that, am I just making that up or is that actually from you, God? And that's where I was at. And so as we sat at the dinner table writing this list, at the top of the list, I wrote this. I said, God, I just wanna know if this call towards ministry is a feeling that is from you or whether I'm just making it up. Because if I'm just making it up, then I'll, I'll, I'll leave it alone. I just wanted to know. And so I wrote that down and for the next few days, we wrote down some other things as well. We prayed over them. And then we came to Friday night. It was the first night of the camp and um, it was just a camp not far from here. And we had a guest speaker come along. Some of you would know him by the name of Pastor Benny Perez. And he spoke in our church a few years ago. And um, now I'd never met him before. I, was, I, I think I, at the time, I'm not even sure if I've heard him preach a message, but I knew of him. Um, but we'd never met. He wouldn't know me from anybody. Uh, certainly wouldn't know what we'd been praying about or anything like that. And so he, he preaches this message on the first night and he preaches on the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. At the end of his message, he opens up the, the altar and he says, hey, if you wanna come forward for, to worship and pray and just encounter God, we'll come forward. And let me tell you, there was a hunger in that room. There was an expectation at that camp. And so most of the room came forward and we're just worshiping God. And as he's up there, you know, he's praying for people and just having some ministry time. And this goes on for a while. And then um, at some stage during that worship time, he, he brings the band down. And he says, he just uh, pauses for a moment and he says, there's somebody here tonight and God's put you on my heart. He says, you, you're having some uh, issues with your eyes where your eyes are really sore and dry and you've even gone to see a doctor about it to see if they can help you. And I just felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to pray for you tonight. Now, when he said this, I started freaking out. And the reason I started freaking out is because he was describing exactly what I had been dealing with. Because at the time, I, I don't know why, but my eyes were really sore and I, I just, they couldn't, you know, they were always, I was always scratching them. And I, so I'd just been to see a doctor about a fortnight before. But um, I didn't want to respond. Right? I'm like, nah, he can't be talking about me. He must be talking about somebody else. And so I didn't, I didn't put my hand up or anything. I just expected somebody else to put their hand up and say, yeah, that's me. But no one did. <laughs> Everyone's looking around to see who it is. And, you know, I'm just there going, I don't know. Right? And uh, so, then, so then he goes, no, I really feel, I can feel, I really feel there's somebody here tonight. You're having some trouble with your eyes. God wants me to pray for you. And I'm like, oh, no, right? I'm going to have to respond. <laughs> So I was a bit shy and so I was like, oh, well, I think, you know, it could be, might be me. And he goes, yeah, no, come to the front. So he, he brings me to the front and asks Oster to come with me as well. We come down the front and um, he, uh, he just says, just lift your hands uh, to God. And then he puts his hand on my head and he starts praying for me. And he starts praying for my eyes to be healed and just for God to touch me. And he gets about 30 seconds or so into this prayer and then he just stops like mid-sentence. And he says, you know, I just had to stop for a moment because I need to ask you a question. And he looks at me and he says, are you a pastor? And I said, no, I'm not. He said, because God told me, if you're not, you should be. All right. And it was like, when those words come out, it was like the power of it was like, boom, in my heart. 
And just the power of God come over me. And I just like, I just, you know, was on the floor under the power of God. And I remember Oster being prayed for and she, she was there with me. And in that moment, as those words run through my heart, it was like all that doubt, all that uncertainty of whether it was from God or whether I just made it up had disappeared. And I got up from that encounter and it totally changed the trajectory of my life. So why I'm standing here today. And I share that with you because I want you to know, church, that's the power of one encounter with Jesus. There is nothing like an encounter with God. Nothing that can change your life or impact your life more than an encounter with the power of God. And if there is one thing that I pray for the most for our church, it's for that. It's that you would experience encounters with God just like that that you would have moments with the Holy Spirit where you come away and you, you're not the same. Something has changed on the inside of you. Some deeper revelation, some deeper understanding, some perspective or, or some direction for your life has changed because you encountered the power of God. You know, encounters with God can come about in numbers of different ways. For instance, sometimes encounters can come when you least expect them. A great example of this is an encounter the Apostle Paul had with Jesus. If you're familiar with the Apostle Paul's story, you would know that before he was called Paul, he went by the name Saul. And we pick up his story in Acts chapter 9, and what we see is that Saul was, if you like, a one of the lead persecutors of Christianity. He was a terrorist to Christians, if you like. His whole passion was to rid people of following Jesus. He, 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 they saw them as a political threat at the time and, and um, you know, opposing their uh, uh, Jewish religion. And so they were like, you know, we need to get rid of these Christians. And so he would go around trying to imprison them. And then one day, out of nowhere, he has an encounter with Jesus. It says this in Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that, he, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, if he found any Christians, followers of Jesus, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. It says that the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Then Saul got up from the ground and when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind. It did not eat or drink anything. So here's Saul. He goes, he goes and asks for letters to have permission to go into the churches in, in the synagogues in Damascus. And if he found any followers of Jesus there, he could arrest them and put them in prison. 
And on the way to do that, on the road to Damascus, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he has an encounter with Jesus that is so powerful that it didn't only touch him spiritually, but also physically. He gets up and for three days, he's blind and can't see a thing. Then gets to verse 10. It says, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. So Saul's had this encounter. He's been led to this house. He's still blind, but why he's blind, this, this encounter with Jesus is still going on. And now he's actually praying and God gives him a vision who sees a man named Ananias come and pray for him so he can have his sight back. And so Ananias says, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show you how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, whom appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell off Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptised and after taking some food, he regained his strength. It says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus and at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Like a week or so earlier, his whole life was about persecuting Christians. He was the, the number one persecutor, if you like. And then he has an encounter with Jesus Christ and it totally turns his life around and now he's not the number one advocate for Christianity. Can I encourage you that no one is so far from God that His grace can't dramatically turn their life around. We've all probably got people that we know that we look at and go, there's no way that they would ever come to know Jesus. People would have looked at Paul that way for sure. They would have looked at Saul and said, like, there's no way. And yet he has one encounter with Jesus and all of a sudden he's, he's getting up and he's preaching in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. It says in verse 21, all those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among all those who call on, on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? They're like looking and going, like it's not even the same person. And then it says, yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. That's amazing. You know, can I encourage you? This is what I think. I was reading this, I'm thinking, how did that happen? And, I, and it doesn't say in the Bible, but I wonder, I wonder if some disciples might've been praying for Saul. I wonder if there are some disciples that said, you know what, imagine if he could become a Christian. 
I mean, the, the zealousness and the passion he has to destroy Christianity. Imagine if he could turn that around and put it into being for Christianity. And maybe they were praying for him and then he has an encounter and it happens. Can I encourage you, do not stop praying for people. Do not stop praying for those who may be away because you don't know what God has in store for them. One encounter can change their life forever. You know, that's why we, we often say, like, encourage you to bring people to church. Invite them, but bring them because what can happen if they can get in the presence of God? What can happen? Just one word, one moment, one touch, and they can never be the same. This is the power of an encounter with God. Some encounters come when we least expect them, and we're not even looking for them. But then there are also encounters that come as a result of us being willing to reach out for them. Some come when you're not looking for them, but some come when you're willing to reach out for them, to do what you can. When you're hungry, when you're passionate, we say, I need a touch from you, Jesus. In Mark 5, there's a woman who the Bible describes as having an issue of blood. She's had this issue of blood for 12 years. For 12 years, she suffered with this condition. She did everything she possibly could to try to remedy it. She went to physicians. She tried, you know, remedies. She spent every cent she had to try to find her healing. Yet after 12 years of doing that, the Bible says that she did, she did not grow any better. In fact, she grew worse. But then, then one day she hears that Jesus is passing through her town. And perhaps she had heard about the things that Jesus had been doing. Perhaps she'd heard about the miracles and the way that He had touched people and healed them of all types of sicknesses and diseases. And maybe she thought, I wonder what could happen if He was to pray for me? And so she took herself and she positioned herself by the roadside, waiting to see if Jesus would pass her way. And after some time, she looked up the road and she starts to see a, a group of people and hears a commotion. And this is like this crowd of people are coming towards her. And as they get closer and closer, she can see through the crowd of people, the one they named Jesus in the center of the crowd. And so she waits. And as they get closer and closer, when they're within a few meters, she now has a decision. The decision is this, does she just wait and hope that Jesus might see her, that He might stop and pray for her? Or does she seize the opportunity and position and do what she can to touch Him, to reach out to Him? What well, it says in Mark chapter 5, verse 27, it says that when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She didn't leave it to chance, church. She saw an opportunity and she seized the opportunity. It says in verse 29, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realised that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask, who touched me? 
But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. One touch, one encounter, and she received something that she hadn't been able to find anywhere else. That's the power of an encounter. I want you to notice something though in this story because this is really amazing. I want you to notice what it says in verse 27. It says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Do you know what that means? She, so Jesus is walking with this crowd, passing her by, and it says that as he's walking by, she comes up behind him, pushes through the crowd and touches his cloak. What it tells me is that at the time, Jesus wasn't heading in her direction. In fact, he wasn't heading, in fact, he was heading away from her direction. In fact, he was heading in the direction of somebody else entirely. Because although he is this woman, further up the road previous to when Jesus passed her by, Jesus had an encounter with a man, a man by the name of Jairus, a synagogue leader. He'd heard that Jesus was coming and he'd approached Jesus and he'd said to Jesus, Jesus, would you come to my house and heal my sick daughter? And Jesus said, sure, I'll go. And the actual reason Jesus was passing by is because he was going to that synagogue leader's house and the reason the crowd were there is because they had gathered to see what would happen when he got there. So Jesus wasn't actually heading in her direction that day. It's actually entirely possible, and it seems from the text, that Jesus didn't even see her standing there that day. What that means is, is that if she had just remained in her place, Jesus likely would have passed her by and she may never have received her miracle. But because she made a decision not to just wait, not to hold back, but instead to seize the opportunity and reach out and touch Him, she received her miracle and her life was never the same. You know, I thought about this and I wondered how many encounters with God have I missed because I allowed something to hold me back? How many words did I not receive? How many moments with the Holy Spirit did I not experience or miracles did I, I, I let pass me by because something kept me from responding when an opportunity was presented? You see, when I look at this woman, I realise that all she had to do was take one step of faith towards Jesus. The opportunity was there and all she had to do was make a decision to say, here's the opportunity, I'm gonna take a step of faith towards Jesus. He didn't ask her to do anything else. 
She didn't have to jump through any other hoops or qualify for any other things. One step of faith and she received everything that her heart desired. Can I encourage you, church, every time we come together in a meeting like this, a department meeting, a connect group meeting, a prayer meeting, whatever it is, there is an opportunity to encounter God. There is an opportunity for you to meet with Jesus and be touched and marked by His power. You know, I, I, I encourage you to adopt this, this uh, uh, attitude that, that I try to approach every meeting with, and that is to come into the meeting with an expectation that what could happen today if I didn't hold back, but I pressed in to touch Jesus? Because in the presence of God, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Maybe the keys could join me. You know, I've been in this church for 43 years. And I've had some of the most amazing moments with God at this altar and in other rooms of this church. It's been awesome, but here's the thing. I don't want my most precious moments with God to be in the past. I believe that the greatest encounters are still to come, amen? See, I believe that some of us, we've had amazing encounters with God in the past and we keep looking back to that and, and delighting in that and celebrating that and we should. But I, I, I implore you, let them encourage you for even greater things ahead. The best is not behind us. The best is before us. John chapter two, the very first miracle Jesus performed was changing water to wine and they said, you have saved the best till last. The best is yet to come. There is more that God has for you. There are greater encounters that you can have with the Holy Spirit. And we may not always be able to understand it or conceive it, but that's because He can do over and above anything we could ask or imagine. In the book of Exodus, we read about one of the most famous encounters that a person had with God in the Bible. And that is where Moses encounters God through a burning bush. It tells us that Moses at the time was out tending the, the sheep of his father-in-law. And, and as he was tending to the sheep, he came upon Herob, the mountain of God. And as he got there, he sees this bush in the distance and it, he sees this fire around this bush. And he's like, this looks a bit strange. And so he gets a little closer and he sees that the fire is not burning up the bush. And he's like, I don't, I don't understand. And so he, the Bible says that he draws even closer. And then it says in Exodus chapter three, verse four, it said, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, in other words, when the Lord saw that he was drawing closer, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and, God, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. So Moses takes off his sandals. That which is, if you like, come between him and the presence of God. And in that moment, he has this encounter with God that takes him out of obscurity and propels him into his destiny. 
Church, I, I believe that paradise influences church paradise, that this place is meant to be a place of encounter. I believe that this altar is holy ground. I wrote that down on Wednesday when I was preparing. I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is holy ground. I had this thought and I was nervous about sharing it this morning. And I'm like, oh, do I say that? And then I was in a meeting the next day on Thursday in this very room. We had a state pastor's day. And a guest speaker got up, never been to our church before. And he just got up for a moment. He was just praying over the pastors and he stops in the middle of his prayer and he says, I just feel the Holy Spirit saying to me, this is holy ground. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I believe that this is holy ground. And here's the thing. I believe if just like Moses, if we would be willing to remove perhaps some of the things that sometimes get between us and encountering the presence of God, maybe whether it's fear or worry about what others will think or complacency or this idea that I don't need it, I'm all good, I've got it, I've got myself taken care of, whatever it is, if we were to remove that and to just, just open ourselves and say, Holy Spirit, I need an encounter with You again, I believe that some of the greatest moments can happen in this place. It excites me. When I get up Sunday morning, I am excited. I'm like, what can you do today, God? How can you bless your people? What can you do to touch them today? I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met. I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer, and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, 
the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.